Hey everyone, Mia Paulus here with the Simplicity in Business and Life podcast. Today we're going to talk about customer service versus customer experience and why your customers are demanding a more thorough, seamless journey and experience for them. So uh, let's cue up the music and then we'll get right in. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. Okay, so actually I'm sharing my screen and I don't want to yet. So let me take that off. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about customer service versus customer experience. And uh, they're obviously related. Customer service is a part of the customer experience. Um, but so let's just first dive into what is customer service. Um, first, I actually wrote the definition when I just Googled it. And it's actually sometimes you use a word a lot and you're like, what does it actually mean? Like, I know it's like when you service your customers at all stages of it, but I just wanted to get the actual technical definition. So the assistance and advice provided by a company to those people who buy or use its products or services. Um, so because people always say like, when you ask like, what, it, what makes you different from other companies? People are like, oh, we have great customer service. And it was such an overused term. And so I got to where I really didn't like that term anymore. And, um, and so I consider it what's called a platitude. And a platitude, if you don't know what that is, I'll just read you the technical definition of a platitude. It is a remark or statement, especially one with a moral context that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. So it becomes to where it's so overused, it doesn't mean anything anymore. We have great customer service. And so when you hear that, people just tune out to it and just assume like, to me, like that is now a requirement to even be in business anymore. And so it doesn't separate you from anyone else because if you don't have great customer service, you're not going to survive in the market um, anymore. Um, so because I always thought of it as a platitude, I actually we actually um, do a level of the customer experience and service in our in our team sourcing model at my company. So we actually call that department service and support, and um, and it really is like we're servicing them and we're supporting them depending on if we're doing like tier one or tier two tickets or support tickets, emails like that. So. Um, so we call it service and support. And uh, so I don't ever really use the word customer um, service too often. Um, but customer experience. So when you think when I think about the customer experience, I think about the whole customer journey from the time that you're attracting them as a stranger into your website or the first time they ever talk to you to the time that they're now maybe an advocate and your biggest fan. Um, all of those points matter. And all of that is it encompasses their entire journey and their entire experience. And customers are, are demanding, which is awesome. It's not a bad thing, a, a seamless customer experience. Because honestly, it's leveling the playing field from large corporations and small corporations because they're going to go to who they get the, they, they feel um, the most seamless journey with, that they, 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 they're going to go to who they feel like cares about them and, uh, and who can solve their problem. And, and that's why you're seeing these large or these startup and smaller companies emerge and surpass large organizations. And so the, the playing field has now been leveled, I feel like, for all organizations, which is awesome because now you actually have to deliver. You can't just get away with like, I'm a large corporation, so that's what I'm going to do. I say that lightly because I know there are some large organizations that they get too big and they, they do do that. But for the majority of organizations, there is a chance to surpass um some of them. And so, um, so let's first start, start talking about like, how do you even deliver a great experience for your customer? 
I think it originates with understanding who you are. Like I said, when sometimes people will say what different differentiates you, they'll say a great, great customer service. Well, it's more than that. Uh, I recently went through a process and wrote a book around the foundational elements of business. And I talked a lot about understanding what your purpose, your values, and your vision are in your organization and why those are so important to have. Because when it's when you when you know those and you intrinsically feel them, then your employees that work for you feel them. The people um, your customers now can feel it and they understand what you stand for and what you're about. And so I think it's really important to understand those foundational elements and um, and know what your you know, really know what what separates you from from everybody else and what what you're pushing for. Uh, so what is customer experience? I, uh, a while back, man, it's probably been a couple of years now, I uh, did this diagram. Well, first I did a lot of research on the customer experience because I'm always trying to create frameworks and models for our team sourcing concept where, you know, we do all kinds of services, marketing, sales, service and support, employee experience, technology, accounting, things like that. And so I'm always trying to understand like how do all these departments relate to each other? Because in a sense, we have all of these departments in our organization um, that people can outsource to. And so I always like to find models that can show how they relate. And um, and so as I was researching some of the customer experience models out there, and I encourage you just to do that, just research them, I felt like a lot of them were incomplete from the standpoint of they were almost too oversimplified and I'm a logical person. So I like to be able to walk it through the whole process to be able to understand, because otherwise I feel like if I explain to you like a framework, but it's missing a couple steps because I'm trying to simplify it. Um, when you go out and start doing it, if you can't logically walk it through step by step, it's then going to become complicated. So I think there becomes a time when you like oversimplification is too much and you want to, uh, and you want to be able to really be able to walk it through that process so that you can intrinsically feel it. So when I think about the customer experience, I think of it as marketing, sales, and service and support. And here in a little bit, I'll actually show you. So if you're actually watching the video, not just the podcast, I'll actually show you the diagram that I built that kind of um, walks it through each stage of that customer experience journey. Um, so you can kind of see strategically, am I, am I missing any of these? Am I getting all these done? And these aren't necessarily roles for like every, you need a role for each of these people or departments for each of these. It's more of a strategy from the perspective of you want to make sure you're covering all these bases in your entire plan for your customer experience. And so, so what I, I want you to visualize three interlocking circles and, and visualize each one of those circles, one being marketing, one being sales and one being service and support. And, um, and because they're interlocking, it means that those departments are talking to each other. Marketing understands what service and support is saying and what they're doing for their customers. Um, there's a potential, like in our in our company, we actually have service and support doing a lot of the more redundant tasks so that, that marketing technically should probably be doing, but it keeps service and support connected to marketing is one benefit of it. And the second is it keeps our marketing department as strategic as it possibly can be. And so those are kind of some of the reasons why we, we, we try to integrate these departments as much as possible. And it encourages that whole customer journey to be more in sync with one another. Um, and so, and then, uh, so if you think about marketing, that's where you're attracting your leads. And, and, and I would like to make my marketing department as revenue focused as possible, not just lead focused, because so much of the buying process now is actually done in marketing. Um, in fact, 80% of the sales process that 
is done in marketing before it even gets handed over to somebody in sales. And so it's so critical for marketing and sales to be connected. There's actually a term out there called smarketing. And uh, it's it's really talking about how the two really need to talk to each other and actually creating job descriptions around a smarketing role, uh, which really integrates those two departments together. Like they shouldn't be in competition with one another. They should be very much in sync. And uh, so if you feel like your departments are in competition, then you really need to to create a model that integrates these departments and find ways to to, to connect them, to, to improve that customer journey. And it's not a one size fits all. Like I could tell you the way we do it in our department, but depending on your culture, depending on your organizational setup, it's not a one size fits all that this should be, you should have market service and support doing these tasks and you should have marketing doing these tasks. Like for us, our model is constantly evolving as we grow and, and develop and get different clients and needs in. So it, it, you don't ever want to be so stuck in a framework or so stuck in a process that you, you're not willing to be agile and adapt. And because your, your customers are going to demand something different as well, their journey uh, is they're going to want a different journey as time goes on. So um, if you can't visualize those three unlocking circles yet, um, here in a minute, I'm going to show you my diagram, which kind of shows that full customer journey. Um, to expand a little bit, we actually completely revamped our sales team a while back because we were finding that the traditional model of sales where you do handoffs was not working. And so we actually have a lot of our follow-up process done in our service and support team. And, um, and we actually created more of a facilitator sales team instead of a traditional three handoff approach or, you know, SDRs and, um, account executives, things like that. Like we don't have that. We just have a facilitator program where they're more guides. They're, they're coaches and strategists in there where they're going to talk with the business owner and we want to get them talking to them as early as possible in that in that process. So if they're the first contact with the customer of experiences, they're also the one that they work with after the buying process. So um, we're unique because the less handoffs we do, the better, because then our, the business owner isn't explaining their vision to us a thousand times. Like we, we're always looking to create a memory for the customer so that we don't have to keep talking about it. Um, it's not perfect in organization yet, but we're always looking to expand that memory of us capturing it. Um, so that's kind of where like selling has changed. It's also different because it's there's a social selling aspect. Like we need to be able to get online and um, engage through social media to sell as well. And so we we just realized that sales is changing. And um, I kind of chuckle a little bit because I don't know if it ever is. It's changing, yes, but I think it's actually leveling before people could just get away with it, right? You could get away with being that hard salesman because nobody else did it any other way. Well, now people want a relationship sell. They want to know that you're genuine and authentic. And I think it always should have been like that from day one. I think it's just not, people could get away with it before, so they did it. So I'm actually love the way things are going. It feels more organic and, and real for me and, and the way that I've built our culture and our company. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's a great thing the way sales is changing. Uh, marketing is obviously changing because 80% of the sales process is hand is is residing in, in marketing. In fact, it could be 100%. People can go from uh, being a lead all the way to a buying right through a sales funnel anymore. And so you never even touch as a salesperson before they make a purchase. And so I put a lot of um, pressure on the marketing our marketing team to actually build revenue, not just leads. And so I think that's a, a distinct difference of how marketing is changing. And like I said, service and support is changing because it's becoming more omni-channel. People want to maybe interact with you through a web chat. And then maybe that web chat 
says, hey, let me give you, call you. It looks like this is getting more complex. Let me get you on a phone call. So then they start, then they call them up. Or maybe they're texting with them and then it turns into a phone call. Or, you know, like there's so many, whether it's web chat or text or email, phones, um, social media replies. That's a whole nother one, which is why, again, it's like a lot of times we'll have to be like, man, is that a service and support task or is that a marketing task? Because they're, they're interlocking anymore, which is why I talk about those three interlocking circles because the departments really are intersecting. And uh, so you have to build your departments to be, yes, different departments, but creating ways to make sure those departments are integrating. Um, so now let me actually show you the model. Um, I know not everybody for listening to the podcast, you'll have to go to the show notes to get uh, uh, be able to see the model. Um, but let me actually show you the model that I um, built. And this is actually with our old branding for my old uh, company branding. I just haven't updated it, but I um, wanted to still show you because I think it has a lot of value. So, um, okay. So here it is. So this is... Um, Picture the green circle as one of the three interlocking circles. So that is marketing. The red is an interlocking is the sales. So that's that second interlocking circle. And then the blue, if you're looking at my screen, is the um, is the service and support interlocking circles. And so really where the journey starts is right here when you're attracting. And I'll say them out loud. So if you are listening to the podcast version, you'll still get value out of this. But the first step of the whole customer journey is the moment that you're attracting them as strangers into the website. They've never heard of you. This is their first time um, getting to know your company. And so what happens is, is then after you've attracted them as a stranger, it now, so the, th what happens is it's going to go like this in a circle, um, going from marketing to sales to service and support. So then you're going to convert them into a visitor. Maybe they're starting to interact with your website. They're seeing your company for the first time. And then you're going to um, then you're going to convert them into a lead. And this is where maybe you have a free offer on your website or um, you, you can book an appointment and they put in their information like you're capturing now their lead. It's a lead to me is defined as like a one way communication. So you have yet to interact with with those um, individuals if they're uh, a lead. And then once they're a lead, you can then qualify them and then they turn into a prospect. And a prospect is where you've now had a two way communication with your um, leads. So you've gotten on a phone call with them. Maybe you've, maybe you've um, exchanged emails, but at least there's a back and forth because there's a lot of people that will fill out a form and then they'll never hear from them again. They're off doing their thing again and they're not interested. So to me, that's still a cold lead that that still has to, they have to show interest for you to be, be um, giving them a lot of your time. And so once you um, really qualify them and they become a prospect, then that's where you're going to convert them into an opportunity. So you're going to realize that, hey, you know, for us, maybe they're interested in service and support. Maybe they want some marketing help. Uh, maybe they need some technology help. Like once we start to know what they're interested in and we've sent them um, a quote or a proposal, uh, now they're an opportunity and we have an idea of what they're interested in, what maybe the value of that client is. And so we can start to see the pipeline and the value that's in that pipeline. And then once they're an opportunity, um, they become a customer, right? Once they pay, to me, that they're now a customer and it's time to onboard them. And so that next phase is, is customer onboarding and you're you're working through that. So as you're onboarding them, like part of this is you always want to um, be focused on the customer success. How, what are their reasons? And I think this is part of the onboarding is really understanding 
if a year from now, what would they, what would need to happen with the relationship with you a year from now for them to look back and be like, man, I'm really happy with that company. Like you want to understand what they're signing up for with you, what they're expecting. And that way, when you start to deliver for them, you're actually giving them what they actually want. Cause people come into our company for different reasons. Maybe they want more time um, or save more time. Maybe they want to make more money. Maybe they they want more joy. And so they want to really embrace our entire model so they can just get out of the all the muck of the day-to-day and and really systematize and automate their company within hours. Like people come to our company for different reasons. Some might just be coming for one specific service. I need help with marketing, which is still um, making money in that sense. But okay. So now you're, you're focused on customer success, realizing what does it take to, for them to realize success and understanding that every customer is going to be different. So you need to capture their individual needs and, um, and customer success is in a blanket program you create. It's understanding the needs of your individual customers and serving, and, and serving them in, in, in that capacity. Um, so then the next thing is increasing customer satisfaction. To me, customer satisfaction is doing the bare bones, what's expected of every business. So that's, I kind of compare customer satisfaction to the word customer service. You notice I use the word customer satisfaction because I just don't like the word customer service because I think it's overused. So that's why we use the word customer satisfaction. We're meeting their bare bones needs. Um, And then the next level is actually creating customer delight. And to me, that is doing things that they're not expecting. So you're, you're going above and beyond and they're like, man, I'm, you're not only meeting them my mark, you're exceeding my mark. Um, and then the next phase is um, customer engagement. And this is where you have communities and, and portals and different ways you can get your customers to start engaging with you and, and more of that back and forth. Instead of, in our company, instead of making it a, just delegating tasks to us, if I can figure out ways to engage with them, like I try to make a point to go as we get new customers and go on LinkedIn and maybe connect with them. Um, I won't be able to do that forever, but it allows me to, to really um, be able to get with them on a personal level. Um, and then once they're just, they're delighted, they're satisfied, they're engaged, then you can start to upsell and, and really, um, in a sense, create reverse churn for your company. So you're not, you're not just, um, now you're actually selling them additional services and it won't even feel like selling because you're, they know that you're actually helping them. You've built trust with them. Uh, they're going to be willingly purchasing more services because they know it's a win-win. It's going to help them and it's going to also, it's obviously helping you. Um, and so once you've done what I call authentic customer marketing, you're now becoming, they're now becoming an advocate of you. So, um, so this is where you want to encourage customer advocacy. You want to go out and ask them to, um, go give you a review, go give you a case study. And so you notice customer advocacy. I actually have part of our, our marketing department, because this is like when they talk about your hundred raving fans or hundred ideal customers, or, you know, they're, they're out there promoting you and then now they're marketing for you. So this is what I call a perpetual life cycle for, for the customer experience, because they're now you're going from attracting them as a stranger into your website, full circle, all the way around to where now they're advocates and your, your best fans. And, uh, and so this was a model that I spent, I don't know how many hours, probably a hundred hours or more on, because I just kept researching different models. And I realized that so many of them were missing the fluid journey all the way around. And I might tweak a couple words. I haven't actually looked at this for quite a while. So I needed to kind of update it, but, but it still, I think makes the mark and shows how the departments integrate to each other, how they talk to each other. 
And, um, and so I hope this is great. When we, when we add the blog onto our, um, my miapolis.com site for my podcast, we'll, we'll actually add an image of this. I might spend some time and actually rebrand it with our actual branding, uh, since it has my old branding on there. And, um, and that way you can access it and refer back to it. Again, these aren't specific positions necessarily, but these are things you need to make sure that you have integrated into your full customer experience journey. All right. So this ties back to, if you listen to my Tuesday podcast, I talked about innovation and the way I describe innovation is to best serve your customers. Um, I actually include also employees and strategic partners, but for the sake of this podcast, if you're, if innovation is how you can best serve your customers and, and solve their problems in the market, like this is, um, this ties really closely because this, this customer experience is how you're going to do that. This is going to help you innovate. Um, so this leads me to, um, kind of the last thing is, uh, our team sourcing model that we've built. Like this is actually what you're looking at here is my team sourcing model. Um, so I'll just stop sharing my screen so you can, uh, let me get back in here so you can see me again here. Okay. So our, our team sourcing, um, model is is really the combination of the customer experience, the employee experience, and the strategic partner experience. So just like I talked about Envision 3 interlocking circles of sales, marketing, service, and support, Envision 3 interlocking circles of the customer experience, the employee experience, and the strategic partner experience. And if you've listened to many, any of my other podcasts, I always talk about how all of those need to be in, in balance and, and integrated. And so I should have actually shown you a diagram of that one too, because I have a diagram of that, but it's those three things, customer experience, employee experience, and strategic partner experience in, in balance that makes up the, the employee, the, I'm sorry, the human experience. So in the center of all those three circles, if you're visualizing those three interlocking circles is the human experience. And that is what I'm on a mission to do is to, to really simplify the human experience through business and uh, and really revolutionize the way business is done. And if you think about every business out there should help be there to serve people, just to improve the human experience. So today I obviously just talked about one of those circles of the human experience, which, which is the customer experience. But I want you to start thinking about these frameworks and these diagrams, because in these podcasts, I'm going to continue to reference these models. And, um, and so you can start to realize, visualize the, your business as as a really succinct model. And even if you're just a small solopreneur, all these elements matter. And that's why I am such a believer in our team sourcing model, because you can capture this without having to invest in full teams of all of this. You can capture that customer journey. Um, and so it's it's resonating with people. And that's why I'm, I am going to talk a lot about team sourcing this podcast, uh, not because I'm trying to I'm not doing it because I want to, I'm not, this isn't for the money for me, like from that perspective, it's, I really care to really solve the the problems of business. And I know that team sourcing does it. So I will talk about team sourcing through this. And it's not because I'm trying to pitch in every podcast, but because I want to show you, even if you're a solopreneur, it is possible to still do this. I don't want you to say, oh, I can't do that because I'm just a one man show. Through our team sourcing concept, you still can integrate and implement these things within your organization. Um, through team sourcing, because you're literally paying for fractional labor of all of these pieces. Um, again, I could have come up with a much simpler business model to build. I wasn't, again, if I, if I, it was all about the money for me, I would have, I would have done one niche based product that I could just sell the heck out of. But for me, it wasn't about that. It was how can I solve the problems of business owners? And that is what I'm, I'm showing you through these frameworks of what business needs to be now to survive. Um, 
So that's all I have for you guys today. I really want to just get you thinking about customer experience and how I'm not a fan of the word customer service. So when you, people ask what makes you, what differentiates you, don't say customer service. Like go through and, and really figure out what it is that makes you unique. What is your vision? What are your values? What is your purpose? And, um, and, and understanding the, the unique products that are going to make that happen. What is the what that's going to achieve your vision for your company? So um, if you're interested in learning more about the team sourcing model, you can go to www. I don't even know why I say that anymore, but go to thecenter.com, T-H-E-C-E-N-T-R.com slash team sourcing. So that's team sourcing. And you can learn about um, team sourcing and get on a free call with one of our facilitators, like I talked about. And they can talk to you about our team sourcing model. All right. Thanks, everybody. I will uh, talk to you on Tuesday. Bye. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. No, it doesn't have to be so hard. Business and life made simple.